Welcome to Macros Made Easy, the podcast that takes the confusion out of tracking macros. I'm your host, Emily Field, a registered dietitian that specializes in a macros approach. In each episode, I help you learn how to eat in a way that supports your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals. We'll cover the basics of macronutrients, how to track for various goals, the role of macros in your health, and how to make sustainable changes to your habits. I've helped hundreds of people experience more food freedom and flexibility while navigating their nutrition. So whether you've tried macros and it just didn't stick, or you just heard the word macros yesterday, I can't wait to help you too. Welcome to episode eight of the Macros Made Easy podcast, where we are talking all about eating to build muscle. If you've got goals to build muscle as efficiently as possible, you're going to want to support your strength training by eating enough total calories and enough protein. But there are some other considerations you might want to make with your nutrition, such as meal timing and meal frequency. So we will review that research and translate it into practical tips that you can start implementing right away. But first, why should we care about building muscle? In the U.S., over 60% of the population is considered overweight and 40% of the U.S. is considered obese. Shouldn't weight loss or fat loss-centered education take precedence to muscle building? In my professional opinion, no, and they are definitely not mutually exclusive. Too many Americans are not meeting the recommendations for exercise, and in general, we tend to be overfed yet undernourished. There are so many benefits to gaining muscle that make it easier to maintain a healthy body weight, improve metabolism, as well as age with independence and a high quality of life. You may want to shift your goals from weight loss or fat loss at all costs to muscle gain as a priority with maybe a side of weight loss or fat loss as a result. And even if you absolutely do not care about anything else other than looking better naked, Just know that spending time eating and training for more muscle mass is going to be crucial for reaching that goal too. There are major benefits to increasing lean muscle mass on your frame, and I'm going to review a few of those things here at the top of the episode. The first thing I want to talk about is increased metabolic rate. The more lean muscle mass you have on your frame, the higher your metabolism will be. That's because lean muscle mass is metabolically active tissue, meaning it requires more energy or calories to maintain it compared to fat mass. So as a result, individuals with higher lean muscle mass have a higher metabolic rate or BMR, and that's the number of calories that your body burns at rest or while you're sedentary. And what this means is that somebody with higher muscle mass on their frame is probably going to be able to better manage their weight over time or prevent weight gain over time. In practice, I'm seeing this play out with you know the chronic dieters and the yo-yo dieters. If you spend time building muscle, you're going to be less likely to gain 10, 20, 30 pounds after you lose it. You're not going to be bouncing back and forth between your goal weight and then being over or above your goal weight. It usually helps regulate that metabolism much better and you're less likely to yo-yo or gain over time. Another major benefit to increasing lean muscle mass on the frame is a improved body composition. Having a higher proportion of lean muscle mass and a lower proportion or percentage of body fat on the frame contributes to a healthier body composition. This not only enhances physical appearance, you'll feel more toned, more lean, more muscular in the physique, 
but it also has significant implications for overall health. We know that maintaining a healthy body composition is associated with reduced risk for chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and certain types of cancer. Next, we know that having more lean muscle mass on your frame is directly linked to strength and functional ability. Having well-developed muscles improves physical performance in daily activities, such as lifting objects, climbing stairs, and maintaining balance. It also enhances athletic performance. So if you're interested in excelling in a sport, even if that is not an organized sport and other physical activities, you're going to want to have more muscle mass on your frame to improve your abilities there. Building and maintaining lean muscle mass can help improve bone health and reduce the risk of osteoporosis. Resistance training, which promotes muscle growth, also stimulates bone remodeling and strengthens the skeletal system. This is particularly important as we age as it helps maintain bone density and reduces the risk of fractures. Next, we know that lean muscle mass plays a huge role in hormonal balance and metabolic regulation. Muscle tissue is involved in insulin sensitivity and glucose metabolism. That's your carbohydrate metabolism and the regulation of various hormones such as insulin, growth hormone, and testosterone. Optimizing muscle mass through exercise and proper nutrition, which we will talk about today, can absolutely have a positive impact on those hormonal processes and support better overall metabolic health. Lastly, I just want to touch on the fact that maintaining sufficient lean muscle mass is crucial for maintaining functional independence as we age. Strong muscles and good physical fitness are associated with a higher quality of life and the ability to perform activities of daily living independently. This includes tasks like carrying the groceries, getting up from a chair, or walking up the stairs. We want to maintain our independence as we age, and building lean muscle mass now, even if we don't consider ourselves old, is super important for paving the way for that. Okay, so now that I've sufficiently painted the picture about why you should be interested in building and maintaining lean muscle mass, Let's talk about how we do so. How do we eat to support muscle building? And I just want to remind you that eating to support lean muscle doesn't automatically make you gain lean muscle, right? We do need some stimulus. We need regular resistance training or strength training in order to stimulate that muscle growth. I'm really only going to touch on the eating portion, the nutrition portion of that equation, but just know that eating enough protein, eating enough calories, touching on the macro and micro conversation we're going to have today doesn't automatically make for more muscle on your frame. It makes for a much better chance at building muscle mass, but you got to have the stimulus there to do so. That is with your resistance training or your regular routine of strength training. I know you're a smart cookie and I know that you know that nutrition definitely plays a role in changing your physique or you probably wouldn't be listening to this episode right now. So let's review how exactly proper nutrition sets the stage for gaining muscle. First, proper nutrition provides the necessary macronutrients and micronutrients that serve as building blocks for muscle growth and repair. We're going to talk extensively about protein, but that protein in particular is crucial for muscle protein synthesis and muscle tissue regeneration. We can't forget that adequate calorie intake is also essential at providing the energy required for those intense workouts that will break down muscle and that you need to recover from in order to see muscle growth. Consuming enough carbohydrates provides the primary fuel source for exercise, while dietary fats serve as a secondary energy source 
but they also contribute to hormone production like testosterone, which makes muscle gain easier. Nutrition plays a vital role in post-workout recovery. We know that consuming a combination of protein and carbs immediately after exercise can help replenish glycogen stores, reduce muscle protein breakdown, and stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So all three of those things are going to aid in muscle repair and growth. Lastly, I'll just say that proper nutrition supports the delivery of essential nutrients to the muscle tissues. We have the nutrients like amino acids from the protein that we eat, glucose from the carbohydrates that we eat, and fatty acids from the fat-rich foods that we eat. They're all transported to the muscles, providing essential raw materials for growth, repair, and overall muscle health. Okay, so now that you're properly bought in, you totally understand that proper nutrition plays a vital role in your ability to build muscle. Let's talk briefly about the three macronutrients and how they, as individual macronutrients, contribute to this muscle building process. Because protein usually gets the light and the shine of this conversation, but we do need carbs and we do need fats in order to see the best results. One of the biggest things that is standing in the way of my clients when they are feeling frustrated that they're not seeing changes in their body, particularly if they want to get leaner and stronger and be more fit, they might be intentionally or unintentionally avoiding one or more macro. So it's essential that we build macro-balanced, nutrient-rich meals in order to support muscle growth and development. Obviously, the macronutrient that gets the most shine in this conversation is protein. That is the primary macronutrient involved in muscle building. It's going to provide the amino acids necessary for muscle protein synthesis. That's the process of building and repairing muscle tissue after it's damaged or broken down through exercise. So we need to consume adequate protein to support muscle growth, recovery, and maintenance. It's going to aid in optimizing muscle protein turnover ensuring a positive balance between muscle protein synthesis and breakdown. We'll talk about specific numbers in a bit, but let's move into carbohydrates. That's the body's primary energy source, especially during intense exercise, you know, the type of exercise that's needed in order to see change in your body shape and size. Carbohydrates provide the fuel needed to support muscle contractions. They help sustain energy levels during workouts And we know that sufficient carbohydrate intake replenishes muscle glycogen stores, which is important for optimizing your performance and your recovery in those workouts. Carbohydrates also spare protein for its primary role in muscle building. So hear that. If you are not eating enough carbohydrates, your body will dump the most expensive tissue. That's muscle protein. So you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you are avoiding carbohydrates or you're not eating up to your needs. We need carbohydrates to spare protein for its primary role, all right? Lastly are dietary fats, often overlooked in muscle building in this conversation, but we know that dietary fats are essential for overall health and hormone production. Fats provide a concentrated source of energy. That's what we rely on between our meals or our overnight fasts while we sleep, They also support the absorption of fat-soluble vitamins, that's A, D, E, and K from our diet. Lastly, I'll just say that fats contribute to hormone regulation, and that means your testosterone production. Even if you are a woman, you are producing and regulating testosterone in the body, and this is crucial for muscle growth and strength. 
So hear me when I say a well-balanced diet that includes a variety of protein sources, complex carbohydrates, healthy fats, nutrient-dense foods, rich in your vitamins and minerals, that is absolutely going to support muscle growth, recovery, and obviously overall health. If you've ever wondered how many calories and macros it takes to reach your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals, you're probably going to want to download my DIY macros guide. Not only will we walk you through setting your protein, fat, and carbohydrate gram targets, but they will feel easy to hit because it's completely personalized. You'll answer nuanced questions about the type of activity that you do, your food preferences, the type of job that you have, and more. In addition to your personalized macro prescription, you'll learn how to set your calories in a deficit if you want to, and how much of that deficit you should be in. You'll learn things to consider when setting your carbohydrate and fat targets. So again, they feel easy to hit and natural. You'll get a list of protein, fat, and carbohydrate-rich foods, along with a portion size guide to help you eyeball what certain macro amounts look like. You'll also receive an easy to understand rundown on metabolism, what it means, why you should care, how your macro targets relate to your metabolism, and some tips to improve it. We'll lastly throw in two sample meal plans so you can see how those macros look in a daily menu. To download the free guide, go to my website at emilyfieldrd.com slash macros guide. All right, let's talk numbers. How many calories is enough to see muscle growth? Well, this is going to be unique and personal to you. Your age, your height, your weight, sex, your activity level will determine your ideal calories. But understand that it's tough to build muscle if you are not eating enough. If you're intentionally or unintentionally under eating your needs, especially if you are not new to strength training, it is going to be really tough for you to gain muscle mass. This is why eating at maintenance, that's the term we use when we are trying to say eating enough, eating to your needs or more is preferred for this goal. Eating at maintenance, like I said, means eating about as much as your body needs. And this is probably where I would want you to start with your macros if you are new to strength training, you're just coming back into strength training after some significant time off, or if you've never engaged in structured progressive overload strength training before. You can probably get away with eating at maintenance and building muscle at the same time. Now, if you're more of a seasoned athlete and you do have significant muscle mass on your frame, you have been engaging in strength training for a while and you've progressively overloaded your workouts, you're pretty seasoned there, you might need to eat more than your maintenance in order to set the environment to build muscle efficiently. This is called a calorie surplus. And the concept of a calorie surplus is pretty crucial for muscle building because it will provide the necessary environment, the necessary energy and nutrients for optimal muscle growth. If you wanna chase this goal as efficiently and effectively as possible, probably going to want to eat in a slight calorie surplus. So we're going to eat more. We're going to consume more calories than you expend. And this surplus of calories provides extra energy required to make new tissue. Essentially, you're adding more tissue to your frame. It's got to come from somewhere. You got to 
eat more than what you are burning in order to build new tissue. So when combined with resistance training, a calorie surplus creates an environment where the body can synthesize new muscle protein and increase muscle size. Now, it might worry you, it might concern you that eating over your needs will cause unwanted fat gain. So the magnitude of that surplus could be controlled and it could prevent excessive fat gain. The ideal calorie surplus varies among individuals and depends on a lot of different factors like your body composition, your metabolism, the type of training that you're doing, your training intensity, and your overall goals here. A moderate surplus in my eyes would be something around 250 to 500 extra calories above maintenance. So you'll often kind of strike a balance between gaining muscle and minimizing fat accumulation on your frame. Okay, so let me just quickly review. Some people may gain muscle while eating at maintenance, and that's usually people who are new to strength training, new to structured progressive overload strength training, or they're coming back from significant time off. In addition, people who have a lot of body fat on their frame can typically eat at maintenance and gain muscle at the same time, like gain muscle without going into a surplus. If you're a seasoned athlete, you've been strength training for a while, you have engaged in progressive structured strength training for a while, you might need to eat in a surplus in order to actually see significant changes to your muscle mass on your frame. So I'm going to recommend something around the, it's usually, we like to do a percentage of your maintenance. So maybe five, 10, 15% more calories in your maintenance usually that will tend to be something around 250 to 500 calories above your maintenance. That provides a great environment for you to build muscle while minimizing fat gain as well. When we are talking about eating at maintenance or eating to your needs and then finding a higher amount than that, a calorie surplus, we got to first know our TDEE. That is our total daily energy expenditure. That's the number that we're going to use to determine an appropriate calorie and macronutrient intake for muscle growth. And that comes in many different forms. So we first find our BMR. That's the number of calories your body needs to maintain basic bodily functions at rest. And there are several formulas to do this. In my practice, we use the Mifflin (laughs) St. Gior equation. You don't need to know that, but that is embedded in all the formulas that you'll see from me in all of my downloadables on my website and through my products. You'll find that number. Then you'll determine your activity level and multiply your BMR by that activity factor to account for the calories that you burn through your daily activities and exercise. So that can typically range. This is from sedentary, little to no exercise to very active. That's intense exercise or a physically demanding job. Next, we're going to add on our formal exercise. If you engage in structured resistance training or intense workouts, you're going to consider adding additional calories to support the energy demands of your training sessions. And this can be done by estimating the calories burned during exercise or adding a specific caloric surplus dedicated to muscle building. Usually that's in the range of 250 to 500 calories per day, okay? That surplus is providing the energy needed to promote muscle building and provide that environment that it takes to build new tissue. A key part of this process is obviously going to be monitoring your progress. You can't just set it and forget it and hope for the best. 
you do need to be tracking something. And what I have my clients usually do is track their body weight, their body composition changes, and their performance in the gym. These three things can absolutely tell you if what you're doing with your nutrition is working. If you're not seeing the desired results that you think you should be, you're probably going to need some adjustments, some minor adjustments. And in general, that could just be increasing or decreasing your calorie intake by 100 or 200 calories per day. That's what we would call fine-tuning your approach with objective data to support it. Remember that individual differences exist here and that a suggested calorie intake and surplus are really just general guidelines. I'm giving you the meat of it here today. Factors like genetics, your metabolism, your current body composition, and your personal response to certain calorie levels and exercise may require some adjustment. So I usually, well, recommend working with a registered dietitian so it can provide personalized guidance and help you navigate what you're seeing through the data to know if your nutrition is supporting you and your goals. A lot of people ask, what is the rate of gain that I might expect to see? And you will gain, okay? Especially if you are, you know, not new to strength training and you are trying to, you know, add on mass, you are going to gain some weight. And usually we say that's about a half a pound to a pound per week. If we want to minimize extra like unwanted fat gain and maximize muscle growth, we want to lean into that range, that 0.5 to one pound per week. I would say if you're going way over that, you're probably more likely gaining fat than you are gaining muscle. And it's not necessary to gain so much fat in order to provide an environment to gain muscle. So again, it's not hard to gain fat mass. This is easy to do just by over-consuming your needs. It's pretty tough. You need to be pretty deliberate actions for you to gain muscle. So if we are watching the scale, that'll probably be in the range of half a pound to a pound per week. And resistance training, especially that progressive overload strength training is absolutely going to help provide the stimulus that those calories that you're overeating your needs with are going to where you want them to go, going towards building muscle. Success with tracking macros starts with actually trusting that your macro targets are right for you. As the original macro experts, registered dietitians have years of professional experience to pull from when they provide protein, fat, and carbohydrate goals. No more second-guessing those macro numbers or being confused by online calculators. With me and my team, it's all about personalization, precision, and proven results. Here's how a custom macro calculation works. After purchasing the service, you'll fill out a detailed health assessment sharing juicy details about your personal health situation that could influence your nutritional needs. You'll have the opportunity to tell us about your health history, typical workout routine, food preferences, what's been working or not working to accomplish your goals. After submission, we will pour over what you've shared and draft your protein, fat, and carbohydrate targets, calorie goals, and bigger picture health recommendations that we think might make a difference for you. We'll also tell you exactly how we arrived at your macro target so you understand the why behind the numbers. Then, in about 7-10 to 10 business days, you'll get a lengthy email with all of this included that you can digest and refer to as much as you need. Look, your macro targets are supposed to be as unique as you, so why settle for an impersonal nutrition calculator? Purchase a custom macro calculation from me, Emily Field, and my dietitian team today and get personalized to you macro targets that you can trust ones you can start seeing results with right away. Go to emilyfieldrd.com slash CMC or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Let's take a sidebar here. 
Are you a great candidate for muscle building and fat loss at the same time? Muscle gain and fat loss can occur simultaneously. This is known as body recomposition. That can be a goal and that can be achieved for certain individuals under specific circumstances. We've talked about this before in previous episodes of the Macros Made Easy podcast, so I recommend that you go back and listen. So let's review some of the factors that may make it easier for someone to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. The first is if you are a beginner to resistance training. So if you are new to resistance training or have limited experience with strength training, you have a higher potential for that simultaneous muscle gain and fat loss. This is often referred to as newbie gains. This is the newbie gains phase where the body is more responsive to training stimuli and it can undergo significant changes all in a period of six months to a year, I would say. Let's just say if you have a higher percentage of body fat, you're carrying excess weight, that is also an environment where you may see some muscle gain and fat loss at the same time. So you have adequate energy reserves in your fat cells. You have tens of thousands of calories stored in your fat. And so that can often make up the energy needed to build muscle and to support your exercise at that time. So the body can utilize stored fat as an energy source, leading to both fat loss and muscle development at the same time. Lastly, someone who is following a well-designed strength training program that includes progressive overload and targets all the major muscle groups that is a person who might have a better chance at gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time, especially if you've never followed a structured training program before. Consistency, proper form, and gradually increasing the training volume and intensity over time will provide that muscle growth while being in a calorie deficit or not quite needing to be in a calorie surplus. Okay, so those three situations, you're a beginner to resistance training altogether you are carrying more body fat on your frame. And if you are new to following a structured strength training program, you are in an environment where you could be in a deficit and see muscle gain while also experiencing some fat loss because that's the primary goal here is gaining lean muscle. We already know that protein is a key part of this conversation. Protein is a crucial part of muscle building, the muscle building process, primarily because protein is composed of amino acids and those are the building blocks of muscle tissue. When you consume protein, it provides the unnecessary amino acids for muscle protein synthesis. This is a process by which new muscle proteins are formed. This is essential for muscle growth, repair, and maintenance. We also know that protein stimulates muscle recovery. After intense exercise, especially resistance training, we create micro tears in the muscle fibers. So eating enough protein, especially after exercise, can help repair and rebuild that damaged muscle fiber, promoting faster recovery and reducing muscle soreness. I like to say that muscles are broken in the gym, they're fed in the kitchen, and they're built in bed. You're not actually building muscle in the gym. You are breaking down your current muscle tissue in the gym. And that means that you need to spend time in rest and recovery, which includes eating enough and resting enough in order for you to come back around and build new muscle fibers, essentially making those muscles stronger so you can do more work the next time you work out. 
Let's flip the script and look at this from a different angle. So we've already talked about how a protein will help build muscle, but if you are in a period where you're trying to primarily lose fat or lose weight, we want that weight to be fat mass. We do not want that to be muscle mass. If you are eating enough protein, it will stimulate to the body to hold on to that muscle mass, to preserve that muscle mass while losing fat at the same time. So again, you're giving your body some direction about where you want that weight to go. Where do we want those energy needs to come from? We want to say it's from our fat mass, not our lean muscle tissue. So you can minimize muscle loss while promoting fat loss just by eating enough protein or meeting your protein needs. Two other important roles that protein plays here in this conversation would be in the thermic effect and the satiety that we experience from consuming protein. The thermic effect of food refers to the energy expended, you know, the energy required to digest, absorb, and process nutrients. And protein has the highest thermic effect among all the macronutrients. So it requires more energy to digest compared to carbs and fats. And even though this is a very small percentage of the overall calories that you burn per day, it can contribute to an overall higher calorie expenditure, which can lead to fat loss while supporting muscle building. So you could burn more calories without changing much, just adding protein to your diet, okay? Lastly is that satiety factor. We know that protein is one of the more satiating macronutrients when compared to carbs and fats. So consuming adequate protein can help you feel fuller longer and reduce the likelihood of overeating. So that in and of itself could help you stick to a calorie goal if you are trying to lose fat or lose weight. Essentially, you are going to feel more full and satisfied from a diet that is more rich in protein. So even if you kept calories the same, you're going to get more bang from your macro buck if you are having a higher proportion of those calories come from protein versus carbs and fats. All right, let's talk numbers now. How much protein does it take for us to gain muscle or have an environment where it is easy for us to gain muscle? The recommended protein intake for muscle growth is obviously going to depend on several factors, and there is some nuance and personalization here, but largely it's going to be based on your current body weight, your activity level, and your specific goals. I would also say your training history matters here as well. How many years have you been lifting? How many years have you been active? Okay. Here are some general guidelines to consider. The first number that I want to talk about is the RDA for protein. Get this out of the way. This is one you can probably just forget or consider the bottom floor, the absolute lowest that you need. Okay. The RDA for protein the recommended dietary allowance for protein is set to 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. And that is for a sedentary average adult. For someone who is 155 pounds, that would be about 55 grams of protein per day. Now this should be considered the absolute bottom floor of what you'll eat per day. Okay. This is only the amount of protein that will prevent consequences, prevent disease. Okay. If you are someone who's involved in regular exercise, including strength training, and you want to build muscle, this is nowhere near how much you need. This is the amount of protein that will prevent disease. And for a sedentary adult who wants to prevent disease, okay? So we can consider that the bottom floor. We are not going to be aiming for that. It's far too low. Now, if you are an active individual, you regularly exercise, you strength train, you want to build some muscle, 
your protein requirements are typically going to be higher. And we have some sort of like understanding between the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the Dietitians of Canada, the American College of Sports Medicine. We have kind of a range that we've landed on, and that's about 1.2 to 2 grams per kilogram per day. All right. And for that 155 pound individual, that is going to be about 85 to 140 grams of protein per day. And that's quite a big range, right? 85 grams per day to 140 grams per day. If you're somebody who is engaging in more intense training or you really do want to put more of your energy and effort into building muscle, you're going to want to be aiming higher on that range. And I typically would say somewhere around 1.6 to 2.0. So we said previously 1.2 to 2. Now I'm telling you a little bit higher on that range, about 1.6 to 2 grams per kilogram per day. Again, when we put that into context for that 155-pound person, that is like 110 to 140 grams per day. This higher intake helps ensure adequate supply of amino acids for muscle repair, growth, and protein synthesis. Obviously, there's going to be some individual variations here. We know that you know your age, your body composition, your training volume, your overall energy intake is going to affect how much protein you should have per day. Like for example, endurance athletes, they may lean towards the higher end of that recommended range to support muscle recovery and repair. Or maybe you are older and you have a tougher time digesting protein. Just because our digestive capacity declines as we age, you may want to land somewhere lower on that range. Doesn't mean you're not going to do yourself any favors. We're definitely covering our bases. You're landing in that range, but we don't necessarily have to get so bent out of shape that we're struggling to hit that higher end of the range when we really don't need to. It is best if you are spreading that protein intake throughout the day as evenly as you can. This better optimizes muscle protein synthesis than loading it into one or two meals per day or starting off very, very light during the morning and then slamming all of your protein in at the end of the day. Research supports about a 0.4 grams per kilogram of body weight per meal. Okay. So that's obviously going to depend on how much you weigh for that 155 pound person. That is about 30 grams of protein per meal at four meals per day. Okay. Obviously there are so many things I could talk about here about making balanced meals and, you know, aiming for more protein, but we did cover this in a previous episode, I think in the insider tips from a macro tracking dietitian, we know that spreading protein throughout the day now has much more benefit for you than simply getting to your macro needs by the end of the day. It also will help you build muscle more efficiently because every time we eat protein, we are stimulating muscle protein synthesis. If we hit that threshold, that 0.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per meal, we are essentially stimulating the body to build and repair muscle. Whereas if you're just snacking throughout the day and having very little under that threshold, maybe you're only eating 10 to 20 grams of protein when you really need that 30 or 40 grams of protein per meal, that's going to mean that you might be leaving some gains on the table. And all the opposite is also true. If we're under eating protein through most of the day and then we're slamming it at the end of the day to really catch up, 
probably not going to be doing our body the same service we would if we were distributing it more evenly throughout the day. This is the one macro. I tend to kind of talk about this with my clients as a IV drip. We need a constant supply of amino acids. This is the one macro we don't really store for later use very efficiently. So you can overconsume protein certainly and your body will use it for different things, but you know, essentially you want a steady supply of amino acids like an IV drip. Whereas with fats and carbs, we can actually distribute those a little bit differently and kind of to our preferences and how we like to eat because our body will store them. If we don't need them right away, they will come back out of storage when we need them. So opposite of protein, that's what we need an IV drip of fats and carbs. We can have a little bit more flexibility there. After discussing how much protein you need to build muscle, the next common question I tend to get is regarding timing or distribution throughout the day. So let's talk about that. Before I start talking about this though, understand that getting your protein needs met throughout the entire day is far more crucial than worrying about timing and distribution. This is the icing on the cake. These are the little tiny details that may move the needle a little bit or make things easier for you or more optimized for you. But if you are not meeting your protein needs most days of the week for weeks, months, years, you still have some basics to master, okay? So do not worry about the timing and the distribution details before you've really nailed down hitting your protein needs most days of the week for many weeks at a time, okay? So the first consideration for protein timing and distribution is around what we just talked about, spreading that protein evenly across the day as best you can. So obviously total protein intake over the course of the day is number one, most crucial, but then that timing of the protein, that can also influence muscle protein synthesis. And that is because every time we eat protein, we have an opportunity to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, but only if we're getting up to that threshold, that 0.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per meal. So make sure you're hitting that or centering your meals at least, even if we can't get there, center your meals around a hearty source of protein first, and then try to distribute your meals fairly evenly throughout the day. That is going to provide a steady, consistent supply of amino acids throughout the day And every time we meet that threshold or around that threshold, we are going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. We can also have a conversation here about pre and post-workout protein. We know that consuming protein before a workout can help prime the muscles for growth and repair. So you might consider consuming a protein-rich snack or meal about one to two hours before your training or after. (laughs) This is where we could get into myths around protein and myths around muscle building There is no such thing as a anabolic window of gains or, you know, a window that's shut that we cannot see any benefit if we miss. We like to think about it like a barn door or brackets around your training or your workout. If you are working out fasted, we want to prioritize eating protein after your workout. If you know you're not going to get a meal in after your workout, you may want to prioritize eating about one to two hours before your workout. So consider that bracket visual. We have about 90 minutes on either side of your training that can help with that muscle repair and stimulate that muscle growth in that pre or post-workout meal. So think about where you place your workouts in your day and where it might be more ideal for you to 
have some protein in a protein-rich snack or meal before or after that training session. Typically for clients, I am looking at, you know, seeing what they can tolerate. So some people can't tolerate a lot of food before a workout. They may be more apt to consume something after a workout. So that's where this conversation can be actually a bit more nuanced, but I'm thinking about things like rice cakes, rice, fruit, for our carb source, we want some carbs and we want some protein in that pre or post-workout meal. Protein shake, protein bar, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, deli meat, things like that can be great sources of protein before or after a workout or both, kind of depending on what your goals are when you like to eat. So another factor here in the conversation around timing and distribution of protein throughout the day would be bedtime protein. You could consider a slow digesting protein source before bed, such as casein protein that can be found in a powder or any dairy product. So our cow's milk, our goat's milk, we have cream, half and half yogurt, sour cream, all of these things can be a great source of casein protein, which is pretty slow digesting. If you're somebody that has really high protein needs, and it's just getting difficult for you to distribute that throughout the day, consider a bedtime protein source, which can help prevent muscle breakdown and support muscle repair and growth during your sleep time. Now, we've already talked about this last one, but the protein quantity per meal can be a factor here. So in order to optimize protein synthesis, muscle protein synthesis, you're going to want to have a hearty source of protein in each meal. And that quote, hearty source is going to be individual to you when we take that 0.4 grams per kilogram per meal. If you don't want to find this out or you are just in those beginning stages of tracking macros, I just want you to aim for 25 to 35 grams of protein per meal. Centering your meal around a hearty source of protein is going to do you wonders from the fullness and satiety standpoint, feeling fuller between meals, leading to less snacking, feeling very satisfied from your meals. It's also going to help with blood sugar balance. Remember in previous conversations we've had, really having a rolling hills, gentle rises and falls in your blood sugar is super helpful as well from a hormone and metabolism perspective. So just getting enough protein will help with those two factors and you don't even have to be tracking diligently in order to look at that. It's going to do you wonders and it's going to help with your muscle building goals as well. So don't get so bent. I keep using that phrase, bent out of shape, but people tend to stress about the details that don't matter. And if you haven't mastered those basics yet, I want you to do that first. I want you to master those basics and really nail that before moving into specific amounts and being worried about how many hours in between your meals or you know, ex- getting exactly to your protein threshold. I need you to just slow down and go back to the basics, even just aiming for that 25 or 35 gram range per meal is going to do you a lot of good. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. We started the episode by talking about why muscle building is a worthwhile goal. Even if you do just want to lose weight or lose fat, this is an essential part of your ability to maintain a healthy weight as you age. We reviewed how eating enough is essential to building muscle, but it's not just a conversation about protein. We need carbohydrates to support energy for those tough workouts that will actually stimulate muscle growth, but they also will spare protein for those muscle building activities. 
We also need dietary fats to promote hormone regulation like testosterone regulation, which aids in our muscle growth and repair as well. Next, we walked through finding your energy and calorie needs and the appropriate amounts of protein for people who want to build muscle. For some, eating just enough will be totally fine. That's termed maintenance calories. But for others, eating a bit more than maintenance will be ideal for muscle growth. Lastly, we reviewed some protein timing and distribution considerations that might impact the way you plan your meals around your workouts and before bed. Thank you so much for listening to the Macros Made Easy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of the one you're listening to right now to share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at emilyfieldrd so that more people can find this podcast and learn how to use a macros approach in a stress-free way. If you love the podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. Remember, you can always find more free health and nutrition content on Instagram and on my website at emilyfieldrd.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.